Welcome to WKJP News Radio, the podcast that talks about the 90s sitcom News Radio, now a subsidiary of Robertson Communications. And I, for one, really like the new haircuts. What about you, Kayleen? It's too short. <laughs> Today we'll be talking about Season 2, Episode 11, entitled Station Sale. Kayleen, I like to ask at the top, how are you doing? It's been a long day. Yep. You can tell my voice is like an octave lower. I'm so tired. No, I've just been sick. I've had a cold. Yeah. And I'm one of those people that when I get sick, my voice gets lower. Hmm. My voice gets down here. My voice gets higher when I get I sick. I know. You sound like a child when you get sick. <laughs> That's not true. No, it's not. I sound more masculine. But some people like that, like, smoky mm-hmm. lounge singer. Back of Paul Malls, please. So, Kayleen, what have you been watching lately? I don't want to tell you. Okay, can I talk about the things I've been watching? Yes. Okay, the one thing our family has been watching lately is we've been watching a lot of Ultimate Beastmaster. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Do you want to tell the listeners what Ultimate Beastmaster is? It is, uh, I was going to say American Ninja Warrior knockoff, but I think it's even a knock. I think American Ninja Warrior is a knockoff of something else. Yeah. It's just like a giant obstacle course that incredibly fit people try to get through. And it's very, very difficult. And it's very, very impressive. Mm -hmm. And there's representatives from different countries, which I think is kind of neat. It makes it a little different. Um, And our son gets very excited about different countries. Yeah. Germany, Mexico, Brazil, the United States, Japan. Yep. The conceit is that the obstacle course is shaped like a giant beast, so they have to yeah. like go through the jaws, and then they have to go down the spinal column. And but it's not even really like it's just the beginning part. It's kind of a head, yeah. And then the rest of it is just an obstacle course, yeah. And then they color the water red, and they call it the blood when yep. you fall in, which is really morbid. And our son thought it really was blood <laughs> at first, which made me yeah sad for him so we had to explain that no it's just water colored red and then he was like oh okay well i've seen that show the floor is lava i don't want to watch that because the floor really is lava i know they need to explain this oh, not buddy no i know <laughs> but the name of the show is the floor is lava and he's so literal that he just takes that at face I value mean, it does look like lava i haven't seen it but i saw a preview for it on like netflix and it does to a child's eye mm-hmm but the idea of a television show where people, like, fall and then get burned up in lava. I know. Jesus, that's morbid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not watching anything I want to talk about. Fair enough. <laughs> the only other thing I want to say is that our oldest and I have been playing Street Fighter together. Oh, my God. You were playing it tonight past his bedtime. I know. I was. It really felt like I was seeing a glimpse of the future. <laughs> so when I was a kid, I played a lot of Super Street Fighter 2 the new challengers and my fingers still remember how to do all the moves (laughs) and now he's played enough that he can hold his own against me it's just like it's wild to think about i'm playing this game with him that i was playing 25 years ago yeah like you had no idea you were gonna play that with your son one day never once thought about it no right yeah so yeah not a lot of things we've been watching this week kayleen do you have a question for us this week well, are we doing the hall pass, or is that something different? Yeah, let's do that instead, because I don't actually have a question for us this week, but I did say we'd report back on our Each hall pass. Five hall passes? Yes. So I've been working on this and thinking about it all day. Oh, wow. This is really difficult. It is. I'm glad you acknowledged that, yeah. Well, and one thing that I think I have realized is I don't think that I am attracted to people based much on the way they look. Well, la-dee-da. <laughs> like, I was talking with a couple of my coworkers about this, and they were throwing out these different celebrities, and I was just like, yeah, like, these, I can, I can, I can obviously like identify that, that yeah, yes, yeah. incredibly handsome men, and have, like, chiseled six-packs, and, like, they're beautiful specimens of yep. human bodies, but I was realizing that, like, I have to like the stuff they've been in. Yes. And I know that there's a type of, I don't know, sexual identity that that is something like that, where it's like you're not attracted to a person based on looks. You're attracted to somebody based on, like, building an emotional connection with them first. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know what this is. There's there's so many different labels and forms of sexuality sure. and gender and stuff now that like but I remember learning about it and then as I was thinking about this I was like maybe that's me. So I had to go through people that more so are, I like like I like or respect as actors or singers or like sure. like I would maybe want to hang out with them. Yes. If that makes sense. I understand. And and this is the stage of life you're in, too. You know, if you if I was asking you this question when you were 21, it would probably be a very different. Yeah. You know, way of thinking. Yeah. About I it. found myself looking at like dudes that are probably dads. Yeah. Because I'm like, oh, he's probably good with his kids. That's hot. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that's where I'm coming from with my list. But you had a hard time as well. I did. So <laughs> you're like. I couldn't judge. What do I like more, big boobs or a big ass? It's really difficult. I mean, that's the classic dilemma. Blonde or brunette or redhead. Mm. I know. (laughs) No, I just, even when I find a woman on TV very attractive or in a movie very attractive, it just doesn't, that's not what I'm thinking about. Like, you don't want to kiss her. No. Yeah. I mean, like, I can even, like, there are some on here when we get into our list that I'm like, she is like maybe the most beautiful woman I've ever seen. And I'm still just like, that doesn't necessarily mean I want to like be with her. Mm-hmm. This is your hall pass. I guess so. Also, I will point out that just to agree with you, I thought of some actresses who I guess I find very physically attractive, but I find them really like annoying or something. And mm-hmm. I don't, I don't want to be with someone Who's annoying, even if they're good yeah. looking. Maybe that's just getting older and being like, I don't have time for that. Crotchety. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> yeah, there's also part of me that's like, <laughs> takes the assignment too seriously, of where course. I'm like, I need to figure this out. Like, how am I going to, like, what are, what's the rubric I'm using? Like, how do I? That doesn't <laughs> surprise like, me at all. Jordan, this doesn't matter. Yeah. Just, just, just say, just say five names. You can do five <laughs> different names tomorrow if you want. It's fine. You can have ten. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go in, uh, no real order whatsoever. Uh, (laughs) thanks for clarifying that. (laughs) All right. The first one is Lauren Graham. Do you know who she is? Is she the one that was on Dumb and Dumber? No, No, that was Lauren Holly. Oh, okay. Yes. Lauren Graham was the lead on the Gilmore Girls. She was Lorelai Gilmore. Oh, sure. Okay. Yep. She actually plays a character later in news radio. Oh, that's where it started. That's where it, I mean, yeah, that's the first place I saw her. Hmm. So (laughs) that is just kind of where my head is at, just thinking about Lauren Graham, because she's a character later in the show. So that's number five. Uh, Number four would be Maura Tierney. Really? I just gotta gotta go with it, yeah. The classic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, what can I say that I haven't already said? (laughs) Number three is Allison Brie who plays Annie on I Community. To, I have to look up all these people. I, oh, I, I know who I that is. I meant to get yep. pictures of this. Yeah, no, I know who that is. Guess you know who Lauren Graham is. Yep. You know who Allison yep. Brie is. Yep. Okay. So yeah, Allison Brie is number three. Very, very, like, cute. Okay. Yeah. Number two, Christina Hendricks, who plays Joan on Mad Men. Oh, yeah. I mean, come on. You like redheads. Yep. And number one is Colby Smulders who plays Robin Scherbatsky on How I Met Your Mother. Wait. Oh, really? Absolutely. Yeah. Huh. Number one. Yes, and they all kind of look the same. <laughs> no. <laughs> I know. There's, you have a type. I, I guess so. I guess the only real difference is the only non-brunette is Christina Hendricks. A the redhead. redhead. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like pretty dark-haired well, women in breakfast foods. Your Yours are all kind of the same. Mine are very different. All right. Let's hear it. Okay, so I had some thinking behind all of these. Okay, the first one I said was Chris Pratt. Okay. Because I feel like he's really funny. Yeah. And I feel like I would enjoy hanging out with him. And then if he, like, had to kiss me, I mean, (laughs) I guess that'd be fine. Sure. But I think he would be really funny. And then there's a part of me that kind of likes greasy dudes. And so that's just, like, kind of dirty. Like fry cooks? Yeah. (laughs) 
No, there's something I like kind of grunt like I like about grungy like looking grimy. guys. Yeah. Okay. That's that's the part of me and also the kind of part that likes guys that wear eye makeup. Uh-huh. So that's where the Johnny Depp comes in. Yes. Because I okay. always really like Johnny Depp and there's like that just kind of grungy, I don't even know, gothy yeah. emo <laughs> something. So Johnny Depp. And then the part of me that likes angst. Yes. Robert Pattinson. Okay. Sure. But he's kind of weird looking. He is kind of weird looking. But I kind of like the weird looking mm-hmm. a little bit. And then, oh, John Krasinski. <laughs> I mean, like, oh. How much of that is Jim from The Office just like you reading into? Probably 80-20. Okay. I mean, like, yeah. That, and that's where I'm like, I just really liked that character. And also all four of these people, I guess, as actors, I kind of enjoy watching them. hmm and then the last person, Nicole Kidman. Oh. Because she's beautiful. And it's funny because I was looking. I So I did have Julianne Moore. Ah. Uh. She's only 5'5". Five five. Can't do it. Mm. Too short for me. Mm. All of the people on my list are 5'10 or above. Oh, okay. Like, Julianne Moore is so beautiful, but I would have to, like, bend down to kiss her. And I wouldn't like that. But, but Nicole Kidman and I are the same height. Ah. So, all right. Yeah. If I had come a little more prepared, I would have looked up heights as well because Lauren Graham strikes me as someone who's really tall. But you don't know. But I don't know. Right. You're right. Right. Like, I also thought of Emma Watson. Mm -hmm. She's like 5'3. Really? Yeah, she's quite short. Well, and then I was looking up um, Daniel Radcliffe. Yeah. Who I don't know that I actually find him that attractive, but I was like, again, I think he's, there's something like interesting about him. He's 5'5. I know. I was like, oh. I don't want to be judgy, but I mean, if you're going to be judgy, this is a ridiculous way to be oh, yeah, judgy this about is... people who don't give a shit about you. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I found myself looking up people who are really tall because hmm. I'm really tall. And I was like, well, if I'm going to be with somebody randomly, I would want them to be tall, too. Yeah. The other person I thought of was um, Walt from Breaking Bad. Really? Brian Cranston. Brian Cranston. Yeah. I mean, obviously, like, Walt is not attractive, like, having no hair, and he just is a grumpy and terrible person. But Brian Cranston is such an amazing actor, and, like, he's a dad, and he seems like a nice dude, and mm-hmm. I was like, that might be okay. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I also tried to pick actresses, people famous enough that the, our listeners are going to know who they are, that there's not going to be any, like, yeah. confusion. Like, I think... <laughs> I think everyone, yeah, mine are really famous. Oh, definitely. I just mean, like, there's a woman I follow on Instagram who's, like, gorgeous, but she's just, like, someone who, like, is into plants. You know what I mean? And I'm not going to, like... Yeah, that's still too close. You don't know. Mm. I know. I get all jealous. Yeah. (laughs) She might go for you. (laughs) Yeah. All right. I'll block her. Instagram plant lady, you back off my husband. One thing I like about our marriage is, like, there's so little jealousy in our marriage. And, like, I think we're really lucky. And I, yeah, that just makes me really happy. I don't feel threatened in the slightest. I don't know. I don't get the impression that you do either. No. So that's good. Well, we were were long distance for so long. Yeah. I mean, I remember when we were dating long distance and people would be like, how do you, don't you worry about, like, what he's doing? And I was like, have you met Jordan? (laughs) Like, no. Like, not at all. Yeah. And then, you've said this before, too, like, if either was ever cheated on the other, we wouldn't be able to keep our mouths shut because we would feel so guilty oh, about yeah. it. We would immediately be like, yep. I did a bad thing. Oh. <laughs> I have to tell you something. Exactly. Um, <laughs> I hung out with Nicole Kidman tonight and she kissed me. She couldn't keep her hands off I me. I know. I could say no. All right. Good question. As always, you can reach out to us if you have question ideas that you would like to hear us discuss. Should we move into the news radio episode? I suppose. All right. This is Station Sale, Season 2, Episode 11. It first aired January 7th, 1996. Kayleen, we're in 1996. No more 95. Great. Yeah. It was written by Leslie Cavaney, Brian Kelly, Lewis Morton, Joe Fury, Josh Lieb, and Paul Sims. So a lot of people have already appeared as the writers of previous episodes. And it was directed by Tom Sharonis, who uh, directed a lot of the early episodes of Seinfeld. And this is his first episode of news radio that he's directing, but he (laughs) does the vast majority of news radio from seasons three through five. Mm. So this is his first one. Hmm. But certainly not his last. So we have a new number one at the box office 
for exactly one week. It's a new number one film, which is 12 Monkeys. Nope. No, me either. Nope. That's one I would like to watch because I know it's science fiction, dystopian, Add it to apocalyptic-esque. After Congo. I mean, it's a very early Brad Pitt movie. Two monkey movies we need to watch. Mm. Congo, 12 Monkeys. And I was actually thinking, you know what I'd like to rewatch? Planet of the Apes. No. Yes, I was super into those movies when I was a kid. That's all you. No, no. not interested no. at all? I learned enough about Planet of the Apes from The Simpsons. I hate every ape I see, from chimpanzee to chimpanzee. No, they'll never make a monkey out of me. Good, right? That was good. I know. Anyway, as long as we're talking about monkey movies, I would like to watch that. And I was thinking, like, I wonder if our goldest would like that one. Might be Planet a of the scary. Apes? Yeah. Too scary. Yeah. He's seven. He oh. thought the floor was lava. You can't watch Planet of the Apes. No, you're totally right. I know. You're totally right. Okay, well... And try and get Give him a, a few years. Try again in a couple years. All right, so nothing to say about 12 Monkeys. That's fine. I'd like to watch that. Add it to the list. All right, the synopsis of this episode, the staff tries to convince Jimmy not to sell the station. Just one plot. Yep. No real subplots. There's kind of Matthew chaining himself to the chair. <laughs> right. It's not really a plot. And then also Joe taking the circuit board. I mean, they're not really plots, but they're like yeah, continuous things going on. That's true. They're runners. They're But they're both <laughs> downstream from the fact that the station right, is going to be right. sold. In the first scene, Dave says that the snacks by the coffee machine are for everyone and people shouldn't make it their primary dietary source. Beth gets really upset. She assumes that people are thinking of her because she makes no money. So that's kind of the... Uh, I know. I wrote at the top. I'm like, we get it. Beth is poor. Mm-hmm. I'm just like... In the same way that we get it, Matthew's a klutz. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. This is the this is the case where I remember her making no money really comes out, and then I don't remember a lot of stuff yeah, about it. Thing. Well, so she just got a Miata, so that's, sell your Miata. That's right, she just I got know. a Miata, and yeah, so anyway. Uh, Mr. James is still working on his wife candidate list. He has another announcement, but uh, everybody gets kind of bored and wanders away until they hear that he's selling the station. I notice that Joe is the only one who stays at the table, presumably because he has nothing to do. He has nothing else to do, yeah. so he's going to stay and listen to Mr. James' announcement. So Mr. James is planning to sell the station. Joe says this is completely bogus. Matthew tries to get a no sale chant going. Which I really like. It reminds me of Marcus from Superstore, which one of his running gags was that he was always trying to get chants oh, going and nobody sure. ever would. Yeah. I think there's a lot of similarities between those two characters. Huh. So Matthew stands on the chair and he falls off and that's how we end the scene. And is you laugh every time. That Pratt fall. I do. I think it's funny. Every time he, fa- he falls on the coins yep. in the lobby. I think the physical the comedy is funny. I also think it's funny that nobody reacts when he falls off the chair, I don't know if you noticed that, no, but everybody's notice. just staring stone-faced straight ahead, either because they're like, it would be distracting for another actor to laugh at it, sure. or because they're just like, yep, that's Matthew, he's going to fall. Right. After the credits, Dave and Lisa are talking about whether Robertson Communications will fire everyone. Lisa really spins out. Let's just calm down, all right? There's no reason to panic about this. Yeah, yeah, you're right. They're not going to come in here and fire everybody. No. They're probably just... Hold us all to our contracts, and then change the format to soft rock of the 70s until we all get so sick of listening to Afternoon Delight that we kill ourselves, and then they'll hire new people to fill our position. That imagination of yours is an absolute curse. Yeah, I know. My parents wouldn't let me watch television. This is the first indication that we get that Lisa's parents wouldn't let her watch TV. And that's going oh, is to that be a thing? Mm-hmm, that's oh, going to be okay. just a, a running character trait for Lisa. Hmm. So Joe comes in to tell Dave and Lisa that he heard that Robertson Communications fired half the staff and made everyone else take pay cuts. <laughs> so we get a couple of follow-on jokes from that. Beth thinks that they made everyone get haircuts. That was my first lol <laughs> yeah. episode. I like the way that she says, they can't really do that to us, Dave, can they? I just like the idea. I was thinking about like the idea of my boss making me get a haircut. Mm-hmm. I suppose that's not something that happens to women. It happens to men, I would imagine. I'm thinking of, like, the way baseball players weren't allowed to have 
facial hair. Like, right. Had to have short hair or Mr. things like that. Mr. Burns is yelling at that baseball player to get his sideburns cut. <laughs> right. Um, no, I was thinking of the scene from I think it's Full Metal Jacket when they're they're all lining up. They're just yep, we're gonna shave your heads. Ugh. Catherine thinks that Robertson Communications eliminated half and half and made everyone eat cold cuts. <laughs> She's worried that it's some sort of dairy and meat processing conglomerate. That was funny. That made me laugh, too. And then Bill comes in. He is the only one who is not worried about losing his job, and that's because he has other skills. Uh, so he has different voices for radio, including um, country, including Spanish, and then just generic Middle Eastern gibberish. Aren't you worried about losing your job? Why should I? My job's secure. <laughs> well, what if they change the format? Yeah, what if they don't need a news announcer? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have other talents. WNYX, you're home for the hits in New York City. <laughs> WNYX, all country, all western, all the time. For millones votes, WNYX, tiene los hits español en New York. Thank you. WNYX, hala, 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 Okay, you made that one up. Yeah, I wrote, that is bad form. Like, that would not fly now. No, that joke would not fly now. Um, Yeah, he just starts spouting random, vaguely... Arabic? Yeah, something like that. I guess the one thing that I liked is Lisa says, you just made that up. And then he just... And then does he want to, like, cling on or something? <laughs> no, he just goes into this weird, like, he's almost, like, cursing her in that same language. I thought he was doing it in Klingon. Oh. Because it didn't sound like... Yeah, it didn't sound like Klingon. I don't know what it sounded like. You, you would know. I would know, and it didn't... It sounded like the same kind of uh, nonsense, but I liked that he sounded like he was placing a curse upon her or something like that. So Matthew comes in with black armbands. Right now he has only two because they're his socks. That was my other one. <laughs> I laughed a few times in this episode. Yeah. I think it's nice that Matthew went straight to Bill to give him the second sock. He's only got two. He put one around <laughs> his arm true. and he went straight to Bill. Because he knows Bill has the most influence. Ah, that's, that's interesting. Yeah. So Bill convinces Matthew to handcuff himself to his chair because, of course, Bill has handcuffs in his desk. That gets a bit of a laugh line. So the audience seemed to be really titillated by that. I, they sure did, yeah. Why don't you handcuff yourself to your desk or something? <laughs> yeah, right. Where am I going to find a pair of handcuffs? <laughs> yours is not the reason why. Yours is but to do and die. John Keats, 1776. <laughs> And Wikipedia has a note about that. <laughs> Bill misquotes Alfred Tennyson's The Charge of the Light Brigade and attributes it to John Keats. The date he gives, 1776, which of course he picks 1776, 19 years before Keats was born and 78 years before the poem was published. So I like that he's just, he, he quotes some random line that he's heard one place and then he just throws out the name of a poet and a year. <laughs> the funny thing is there are probably people, like, how would you know that? Like, You'd have to know that to right. like catch that, yeah. I did want to point out that Joe starts to walk into the main office too early. He's supposed to come in at a very specific point in the scene and he, he walks up to the door of the main office and then goes, oh, and just kind of backs away out of sight. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't oh, know if you saw that. that. No. Yeah, it's kind of funny. So we're back at the holiday season. So Matthew's um, menorah is back on his desk. And uh, if you look at the production codes, that is the actual order in which the episodes were shot this makes sense oh sure but they've aired them out of order so like Mm. the last one not the last one but the one before the cane doesn't have any christmas stuff but it's one of the only ones in the last four that doesn't have any christmas decorations Mm. so mr james comes in and he he thinks that matthew is doing some sort of magic trick i just thought that was kind of funny mr james is like so what happened now and matthew's like do you listen to me (laughs) Mr. James starts explaining the potential sale to Dave, who figures it out when he meets Jane Robertson. Um, I have to point out that Jane Robertson is wearing the most bland brown and black pantsuit I think I've ever seen. It's just really unflattering. Yeah. She's very bird-like. Yes. Again, she's six inches taller than Mr. James, And she's very tall, so, yeah. I should say that actress is Maureen Mueller. She uh, apparently appeared in a lot of episodes of Law & Order, especially Law & Order SVU. 
<laughs> I like how she asks, what's the deal on the kid with the handcuffs? And Mr. James says, I don't know, I don't think he works here. So, yes, as it turns out, Jane is one of Mr. James's wife candidates. Uh, I noticed that he used the same, you really brighten up the place line that he mm, used with Melanie. Right. Mr. James tells Dave that he's not really selling the station. He just wants a few hours in the negotiation room with her to win her heart uh, because he's tired of sleeping single in a double bed. No way Mr. James sleeps in a double bed. No I wrote kidding. That down. He's got to have There's... a king bed. Oh, yeah. He would have like a California. He would have some like specially made size giant bed that's the size of his room for himself and all his dogs. <laughs> you know, that's exactly right. I know. <laughs> I pay attention. Yeah. <laughs> Dave puts a carnation in Mr. James' lapel. Uh, but then he declines to check Mr. James' breath. That reminds me of the scene in The Office where oh, right. Dwight checks <clears throat> Michael's breath. Bill introduces himself to Jane, uh, but it really falls flat. <laughs> He's just kind of like showing off his Spanish as the elevator door closes. Uh, so Jane clearly does not care about him. <laughs> and once the elevator door is closed, he goes, Dios mio. In the next scene, Lisa is trying to rally and unify the staff. Bill is on board exactly as long as it works. <laughs> he tries to start a splinter group. So the most important thing to remember is that we stick together, right? right. We are a unit. Right. They take all of us or they take none of us. Okay, people, let's go to plan B. It's every man for himself. <laughs> Listen to me. The last thing we need right now is a power struggle. Absolutely, I'm with you. Good. All those in favor of maintaining a unified front, stay here. Those of you who'd like to join my splinter group, meet me in the men's room in five minutes. <laughs> Now he's insisted that Matthew is starting a hunger strike, so he snatches a donut out of his hand. I also like that Joe sits in the chair that Matthew is handcuffed to, and he says, well, I don't see your name on it. <laughs> he's literally handcuffed to the chair. Uh, Joe says that he's very sure he's not going to get fired because of a circuit board he took out of this transmitter. I also wrote, no way Joe knows about circuit, board, circuit boards. It's just like, there's no way. Like, I just don't buy him as, like... You don't buy Joe Rogan as the character who would know about those things? I don't think that the way Joe Rogan plays the character of Joe, mm. the way he plays, like, the way that the character is written, mm. it's not the lines, it's the way he he plays him like a doofus, or yeah. just kind of like a hanger-on or just around the office. Yeah. Like, I think he should have played him more know-it-all-y and almost more like uppity mm. or more um i'm better than everyone here because i actually know how to do everything in this place and i could shut you all down if you didn't if you don't respect me yeah i think that does come out later so i'm not trying not to give like he just away. seems like a bro yeah that's what i had literally my line here in my notes is is joe smart or dumb dumb <laughs> i can't tell I mean, he, Joe Rogan just has a dumb face. He does. He has a dumb vibe. He's I a know. dumb guy vibe. I know. And it doesn't mean he is a dumb guy in real life. Sure. I mean, I've heard his podcast. Oh. Mm. You want to go up against Joe Rogan, his podcast? Don't. <laughs> Don't anger the fans. <laughs> we have like three fans and he has like three million. Yeah. Yeah. So I like I said... I don't want to give anything away. There are things coming up in the next few seasons that make you go, okay, Joe knows some stuff. Like, he's not incompetent. But I also think he could have, I agree with you when you say he could have played it him a little bit more of a know-it-all. Mm -hmm. Did you ever see the SNL sketch, uh, Nick Burns, your company's computer guy? No. The whole joke is just like, I think it's Jimmy Fallon who plays like your company's IT guy who comes in and is just, like, super snotty and oh, rude yeah, about... yeah, I did see that. <laughs> ...about, like, move. Yeah. <laughs> like, let me fix it. Yeah, so that kind of reminds me of... That's one way that it could have been played. Okay, so there's lots of infighting among the staff. Beth offers to go on the air if uh, Bill and Catherine don't want to, and Bill shouts, Paris fell because of people like you. He also has a good line to Catherine where he says, you're going to end up on a hip-hop station in Massapequa. Massapequa's, like, a town in... Long Island, which sure. is probably seems like the end of the universe to them. Actually, that's where Jerry Seinfeld is from. Hmm. Dave explains that Mr. James isn't actually selling the station. He kind of tells them about uh, Jane Robertson and Mr. James's plans around her. Matthew can't find the keys on the top shelf, so he's trying to stand on the chair that he's handcuffed to and find the keys, and then he kind of waddles out of the break room <laughs> that, that didn't with the laugh. chair between his legs. That was pretty good. Yeah. Good physical comedy there. 
In the next scene, Mr. James comes into Dave's office looking glum. Uh, it's not because he struck out with Jane necessarily, but because she made him an offer he can't refuse. So there are lots of zeros on her actual offer to buy the station, and Mr. James already agreed to it. So in the next scene, the staff is gathered in the main office, and they're all trying to convince Mr. James not to sell the station. So I like how everybody kind of has their turn of like giving a reason not to sell the station. Catherine tries to sort of sweet-talk him a little bit, and Mr. James' personal credo, he says, is never let your emotions cloud a deal. <laughs> Lisa basically tells him that they're not going to be friends with him once he sells the station. So Joe has taken another circuit board, this time out of the elevator. I got a question for you. Yeah? Are the new owners aware of how difficult it's going to be to run a station without this? <laughs> what is that? I'm not saying, but I'd advise everybody to take the stairs instead of the elevator from now on. <laughs> so, Mr. James gives them all five minutes to convince him not to sell the station. And then there's this cut to later on. It's now dark outside. Mr. James says it's been like seven hours. Um, one thing I thought is look, the fact that he keeps giving them more and more time means he's kind of wants them to convince him, right? Like, if he didn't want them... I mean, the whole thing is stupid to me and kind of gross, to be Mm. honest. Say more. I mean, like, he is clearly in a position of power over these people. He has their careers in his hands, and he's going to make them grovel to him to be like, please don't sell the station because you're going to... I'm going to lose my job. And then he's like... I don't know if that's a good enough reason. Tell me some more. Why Why else should I keep you around here? Like, I guess nobody really knows that they're going to be fired. They're just worried sure. that new management would come in and change right. things. It just feels like a gross ego trip for him that I just don't really respect. Hmm. Yeah, I definitely was not thinking of the power differential the first few times I watched this, but that oh, definitely yeah. is there. Right. I mean, even the fact that, like... Beth, the reason he changes his mind is because a girl who's like makes the least amount of money of everyone there gives him 50 bucks. So let's get into that in a couple of minutes. Um, <laughs> I like how Joe thinks that Mr. James is trying to teach them a lesson about manners. And all he had to do was say, we forgot the magic word. Please don't sell the station. Uh, Matthew has set the clocks back, thinking it means that if he skips the deadline then he can't actually sell the station. I thought that was cute how the audience claps. Like, oh, good one, Matthew. Yep. <laughs> I actually thought was like, oh, that's kind of clever. And yeah. then no. <laughs> no. Mr. James says, I'm dealing with a corporation here, not magical fairies. Dave tries to flip a coin for the station. And you had a good point here, which was that he doesn't really offer Mr. James anything for the other side of the coin. It's right. just heads, you don't sell the station. He doesn't give anything for tails. Right. There's not, It's not even really gambling yeah. in a way. I just also wanted to point out that there is someone on the air in the booth behind them. I noticed that. I wonder who that guy is. Probably one of the other extras that just float around the background. Yeah. He's not worried about losing his job, apparently. I don't think he knows. Nobody told him. He didn't get a Miata. (laughs) Beth got a Miata, but that guy did it. Yeah. And he goes on the air. Mm Mm-hmm. Finally, Beth offers Mr. James $40, uh, ultimately $49, and 25 cents because she picks the quarter that Dave tossed up off the floor and some gum. Uh, and he agrees to it because he says it's a better offer. Uh, the audience cheers. Everybody's happy. Um, it turns out the gum is ABC gum. That made me laugh. I forgot about ABC gum. Yeah, that was not something I've thought about since I was in junior high. Yeah. Everybody starts to leave. They're going down to the bar to get drunk. And it turns out that Matthew has handcuffed Bill's ankle to the chair. No way can you fit a handcuffer on your ankle. I think you could. I guess if you have tiny ankles. Or big cuffs. Those look like standard cuffs. Okay, tell us more about standard cuffs, Kayleen. Standard cuffs are meant to go around wrists, mm-hmm. not ankles. Ankles are wide. Like, hold your wrist up next to your... I'm just saying, what if you have a big bodybuilder who's got super huge wrists? Yeah, You got a maybe. linebacker. Maybe. Listeners, write in and tell us. Could standard handcuffs go around somebody's ankle? Also, last week you said you wanted to see Matthew kind of get yeah, his no, comeuppance. Yeah, no, that made me happy that he actually, like, got him a little bit. I also thought, though, like, there's no way in hell someone could get a, a handcuff around your ankle and you wouldn't feel it. <laughs> like The only thing I can think of is that Bill dozed off at some point. Maybe. Because that seems like something that would happen. Sure. He thinks, like, who cares? I'm just going to take a nap. In the final scene, Dave is talking to Mr. James. 
Mr. James is really insistent that getting that money out of Beth was the better deal. Uh, so Dave tries to get him to say that the staff means something to him, and Mr. James will only do so once Dave will give him $8. Um, I really like the way Mr. James says that the station and the staff mean something to him. Oh, come on. Just, just, just admit it. You let emotion cloud the deal just between you and me. Okay, what's it worth to you? Uh, five bucks. Ten. Seven fifty. Eight. Done. Okay. These people mean the world to me. And I like employees. I like family. I can't imagine anything worse than having to part with them. There, you satisfied? <laughs> yes. I just really think that that is a good line delivery, and I think it's really sweet and heartfelt the way he says it. So I think that's kind of a nice moment. Yeah, it is, but I'm also like, yeah, 24 hours ago, you were willing to sell them all Mm -hmm. and put their careers at risk. So don't talk about how much you feel like they're your family. I don't know. I'm just, I think I'm more willing to give him the benefit of the doubt here. I think that... He was in a tough bind because he got a really awesome offer for something he knows is probably not a an appreciating asset, right? The station, I think, sure. is... But I'm just like, again, that benefits him. Mm-hmm. So it's like somebody offered him a lot of money, and he's like, wow, here's this thing that would make me even richer, mm-hmm. even though I'm already taking helicopters to New York and whatever, clear, like buying baseball teams and whatever. But like... I'm going to be impressed by the amount of money that I'm going to add on top of my pile of riches. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to sell my family, apparently, Mm -hmm. because you think of them like family. Like, it's supposed to be heartwarming, but I'm like, I mean, the only thing I can think is, like, maybe we're supposed to see him as this, like, lonely, flawed man that's, Mm -hmm. like, really driven by money. And the fact that he's looking for a wife shows that he wants, like, companionship and he wants closeness. But he's just really obsessed with money and wealth. Yeah, maybe. So so two things there. One is that I get the sense, <laughs> and you and I are not among the super wealthy. I no. don't know if we have to say that just to uh, to make the make it clear. We are not <laughs> the 1%. We only have one Miata. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So I get the sense that super rich people like him or even like moderately rich people like him think of money in a very different way they don't think of like oh yes i could add several millions or even tens of millions onto my wealth sure that they don't go well why would i want to do that uh the sort of person who's making that kind of money in business in the first place is always looking to make more of it right which is really sad Uh, okay fine but that just as a descriptive fact it seems like that is true and then the other thing is i think jimmy james is a hard character to play and i give steven root a lot of credit for playing him well because either you're going to play him like he's this cold ruthless businessman who would be really hard for an audience to like at all Or else you're going to play him as the lovable doofus, but then people are going to sort of think, like, why are you in charge? You know, why are right. you, you know, how did you make all this money and why are you in charge of all these people? So right. uh, the task that Steven Root has is to sort of do both of those at the same time. And I hear where you're coming from in terms of playing it maybe more to one side rather than the other in certain episodes, but I think that's the. That's the middle ground he's trying to occupy. The thing I don't like about this show right now is that, like, they're acting like there isn't a power dynamic in play between characters. Like, all these characters are on the same mm-hmm. level, and, like, they're not. Yeah. When Dave says to everyone, let's go down to the bar and get wasted, I'm yeah. like, who? <laughs> I know. Like, he's still the boss of these people, yep. you know? And still so- dating his uh, subordinate. Right, yep. exactly. And then also, like, the fact that Mr. James is like, you all are, like, family to me, whether he's sincere or not, that is really unhealthy. <laughs> I don't know, it feels like a very Michael Scott vibe. Mm-hmm. Like, you shouldn't think of... It's like you're paying them to be your... I don't, I don't know. There's something about it that just feels mm-hmm. manipulative. Yeah, I hear you. Um, so... The episode ends with the lights sort of flickering, and it turns out that Joe is still figuring out where one of the circuit boards goes. 
And that's the end of the episode. Yep. So, sounds like you had a few actual lulls here and there. Yeah, yeah. And, like, I laughed three or four times Mm. in this one. Nice. Which, like, to me, that's a... If I laughed, it's a win. Nice. Yeah. Okay. So, I think we covered most of those, which means now it's time for... Yo, it's the 90s. So, I have two. I only have one. One is the term bogus. Yeah, that was my first one. (laughs) And the other, I guess, is ABC gum. I put ABC gum, too, but I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it was a thing from when we were kids. Right. But I don't know if, like, we're kids in the 60s talking about ABC gum. (laughs) Are kids today talking about ABC gum? No. I don't know. Any last thoughts about this episode? No, I covered all my notes. Nice. Which means it's time for... The game? The game. All right. Buckle up, Kayleen. So I have the game for us this evening. So here's the uh, (laughs) very loose connection between the episode and the game. So this is all about selling the station, selling, sales, commerce, commercials. Are you kidding? (laughs) Commercial slogans of the 1990s. Okay. (laughs) You ready? I'm ready. Okay. I tried to pick some that I thought you would know, so I'm not picking, like, crazy things, like, you know, what was... I'm trying to give you a softball, Caitlin. No, not even that, but, like, you know, something you've never heard of. I know you've heard of all of these things. And it's also hard because a lot of the slogans have the name of the product in them. Right. Are you ready? I'm ready. Excellent. So I'm going to give you the slogan. Right, actually the product. Exactly. Question number one. Have you had your break today? Oh my god, why don't I know this? It's this, you sing it. Have you had your break today? That's right. McDonald's? That's right, Okay. I'm having flashbacks to the Office episode, break me (laughs) off a piece of that applesauce. Chrysler car. Uh, There's another version where you sing like, have you had your break today? McDonald's way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah? All right, question number two. The very best thing of all, there's a counter on this ball. Oh, is it, um, skip it? <laughs> That's right. Nicely done. Skip it. Skip it. Yep. That was the first thing I ever saved up money for. I saved up $14 to buy myself a skip it. Nice. It was like my parents were, I mean, I was a pretty whiny child and I feel like they probably just gave me the stuff I wanted, honestly, when I whined enough about it. But I remember like... Saving up money to buy a Skip It. Huh. It was yellow, I think. Or pink. I think it was yellow. Hmm. But yes, there was a counter on the ball. There is, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, question number three. We eat what we like. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine the pitch meeting for that. What do people eat? They eat what they like. We eat what we like. We eat what we like. I have no idea. Imagine a bunch of kids yelling it. Is it like life cereal or something? It is a cereal. Yeah, it sounds like a cereal slogan. Kicks? No. That's kid tested, mom approved. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like it's something relatively healthy. Like it's not like a Lucky Charms or something like that. It's like cream of wheat or what is it? We have this in our house right now. Checks? Nope. Fiber one? <laughs> What cereal do we have? We don't really have oatmeal? We have a little left over. We have Apple Jacks. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. Question number four. The great taste of fruit squared. (sighs) Is this like a fruit snack of some kind? It's a candy. Okay. It's not Skittles. No. Candy? Emphasis on that word squared. Does that I know, you? I know. It's, is it Starburst? Nope. Fruit squared. Mambas. Mambas are good. Is that your answer? No, because you laughed. I don't know. What is it? 
That would be Jolly Rancher. Oh, okay. Yes. Yep, I remember. That's a really hard one. I wouldn't that have is known a hard that one. one. Question number five. I've fallen and I can't get up. Oh, life alert. <laughs> Very good. Apparently, it was really hard to pin down because the company has changed its name several times. It used to be Life Call, and then it was Lifeline. It is currently Life Alert. Right. Wasn't it even called something else when we were kids? Like, no, maybe not. I'm thinking of hearing aids. I'm thinking of when I was a kid, we'd be like, turn up your bell tone. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Like, if you said something and the person was like, what? We'd be like, turn up your bell tone. (laughs) That's funny. I've never heard that. Yeah, we would say that. I was thinking of the clapper because I just imagined an old person, like, struggling to get out of the chair and, like, clapping the light off. (laughs) Yeah. Question number six. Mommy, wow, I'm a big kid now. I'm a big kid now. Pull-ups? And the brand is? Diapers. <laughs> Diaper brand pull-ups. <laughs> uh, pull-ups are made by Pampers. Uh, that'd be Huggies. Huggies? Okay, I was yeah. like, I don't know. Yeah, Huggies pull-ups. I'll give you Some diaper half a company. Point. Question number seven. Where do you want to go today? Is it an airline? No. What is, like, what is the company? Kind. Is it like a food? No, it won't be like a food place. It's technology. IBM. Apple. I don't know. That would be Microsoft. Oh. Right around the time of Windows 95. So it's like internet? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or just I, the idea that, like, this personal computer is going to open up your yeah. view on the world. No, I don't remember. Like, because the, these were things that were marketed to me as a kid, so... Like, I wouldn't remember things that were marketed to adults in the 90s. Yeah, I mean, you don't remember a Windows marketing campaign? It was a huge marketing campaign, apparently, right around the time of Windows 95. Mm. There was also a joke about it on The Simpsons, I believe. Somebody can fact check me on this, but uh, Marge opens up the PC and the Windows operating system asks, where do you want to go today? She says, nobody's ever asked me that before. Oh, All right, question number eight. This is a little more up your alley. Once you pop, you can't stop. Pringles. (laughs) Uh, Later on, it was once you pop, the fun don't stop. That's true. That's the one I'm more familiar with. Question number nine. A totally organic experience. Herbal essence. Very good, yeah. Yeah. I think... In putting this game together, that was when I realized that the play on words there is organic with orgasmic. Yeah, I remember those commercials being a little like, oh, she's in the shower and she's really enjoying herself. And her husband sticks his head in and is like, huh? Yeah, and her shower turns into like a forest and she's like bathing in a waterfall. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I bought Herbal Essence because of those commercials. I was like, I want to be that girl. I know. She's having a good time in that shower by herself. She is, yeah. And now our kid uses Herbal Essences. No, not anymore. He ran out of it. Oh, did he really? Yeah, I got him a different one. Okay, for a while he was using that, and it's got a very distinctive smell. Yeah. And so it was like, okay, my seven-year-old boy, his head smells like Herbal Essences. No, now he has a kid shampoo that we found that he likes. It has a strawberry banana smell. Nice. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Question number 10. Last one. Made from the best stuff on earth. Oh, uh, is it like a juice? I want to say it's a juice. I think you liked this. I think you liked it more than I Snapple. Correct. Yes. Got it. Very good. And that actually, uh, that slogan actually comes back. Just put an asterisk on oh that. Oh my gosh. I no can put, spoilers. I, who's spoiling anything? You just tell me all these things that are like, well, just so you know, this is coming back. This is going to be a theme. This but you've already forgotten a... every single one I've mentioned. But when I notice and then I'm going to say, like, oh yeah, Jordan said this was going to come back. I feel like I need to put an asterisk it's on. like a wink to our listeners. Yeah, who have seen the whole entire <laughs> series. Yeah. Our one listener. I don't want them to think I don't know. <laughs> Jordan is very smart, everyone. He knows everything. I mean, that's why we have the game, is to establish that. Right. To reinforce that. Very good, Kayleen. You got five and a half. I'll take it. If I get five, I'm happy. Yeah, I know. That's a good category. Thank you. I thought you would like that mm-hmm. one. I really tried to pick ones that were very mid-90s, 
which was hard yeah. to do because it's yeah. often hard to date exactly like when a slogan is used in an right. ad campaign. Now is the point in the show where we recommend. Keelene, what would you like to recommend today? I'm just going to throw this one out there. I just bought something on Amazon that arrived today that I was pretty excited about. Jordan was not impressed. But I got a sonic jewelry cleaner. It looks like a little box, and you put water in it, and then you put your jewelry in it, and then it vibrates at a supersonic speed, and then all the grime and junk comes off your jewelry. You can also put in there your sunglasses or eyeglasses, as long as they're not, like, scratched or cracked. And I... This is... Maybe too much information for the podcast, but I have a night guard that I wear at night because I have a teeth grinder and you can clean things like that, like your retainers or dentures if you have them or a night guard in it. And I thought I would like to have this machine to clean things and I've cleaned my jewelry, my rings so far, and I liked it. Jordan was unimpressed. It was okay. I just didn't quite find it quite as magical as you did. But. It's neat. I could see the dirt and grime like flowing off of my ring. Mm-hmm. It was cool. I'm, gonna, I, I'm thinking about all the other jewelry I'm going to put in there. Nice. Yeah. So, uh, Sonic Jewelry Cleaner. Is that weird? Yeah, what brand did you get? Magnasonic. Mm. For On Amazon for like 30 bucks. Nice. And sometimes, you know, we just want to buy something. Yeah, absolutely. And sometimes I just want to, like, I look at my wedding ring and I'm like, you're dirty. <laughs> I gotta clean you up. Mm-hmm. And now I have a way to do it. Great. That's it. So I'm going to use this opportunity to somewhat endorse, but also somewhat complain about something. Is that okay? Jordan wants to complain and endorse? That sounds about right. Let's hear it. So I've been playing the game, like many other people, called Wordle. Do you yeah. remember this? Yeah. I sent you a screenshot of it when I was trying yes. to figure one out the other night. Yes. So Wordle's been around for a while. Has it really? I feel like I remember hearing about Wordle years ago. Are you sure not thinking of Boggle? Sporkle? Uh, Sporkle. I don't know. Written by B.B. Spork. Sporkle is a real thing. It is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It feels like it's really just taken off in the last few weeks, if not months. But mm. basically, you have a few opportunities to guess a five-letter word. It's basically like Wheel of Fortune plus Mastermind. <laughs> right. So you yeah. have to guess the word, but in guessing, you get clues as to whether you have a correct letter in the right spot or a correct letter in the wrong spot. And so you have to guess it. I'm really good at word games. Mm -hmm. Like, this is a skill I have. I like Wordle. I do not understand why everyone's so nuts about Wordle. Because it's not that complex or interesting. To me, I would rather play something like Spelling Bee on the New York Times, which is way more complicated and has a lot more depth to it, where you're trying to, like, do the anagrams to get exactly the right word using these letters. But you already like games like this. Yes. So it would make sense that you would like more complex and more difficult games. Do you think that's it? Yeah. I think that most people don't really enjoy words. Well, so... (laughs) They don't really enjoy spelling or unscrambling or things like that. So if they find something that they feel like is at their ability level or interest level, they're going to be interested in it. I guess, but then that cuts against the... That's what I'm saying. It sounds like what you're saying is you don't find it very difficult. It's not that I don't find it difficult. I just don't find it very complex or challenging. So I've played it five or six times... I think I've missed some days in the last week or two, and I've got a 100% success rate. And it's all—it's like playing Scrabble in the sense that it's all about letter distribution, right? You right. know which letters occur most often in English words. So if I you mean, guess, you do. <laughs> I guess, but it's not that hard to learn which ones do. you played a lot of Scrabble and you read a lot of books. Like, <laughs> I think you really underestimate... Or maybe you overestimate how much the average person reads or thinks about words or language. That's possible. Probable. Maybe. And like, it's not too hard. It's just hard enough. In the same way that I really enjoy Settlers of Catan. Yeah. That game is just hard enough for me. Mm. It's a right level. But if you take me deeper than that, I'm going to get annoyed and not want to play. Yeah. So think of Wordle as the Settlers of Catan. 
That's interesting. Okay, that's I helpful. Could, I could be wrong, but like I've had a few friends talk about Wordle as well. And they really like it. Yeah, I know people do. People are posting about it on Facebook and Twitter all the time with their, you know, their scores. And, oh, sure. I got the right answer in three turns or whatever it was. Um, but, like, here's my hint is learn the letter distributions in the English language, right? But no one's going to do that because that's not interesting to anyone except for you. But it, they're <laughs> not that hard to do. So it's E-T-A-I-O-N-S-H-R-D-L-U. See, No. So all you have to do is take those letters and try to spell a five-letter word with a nice balance of vowels and consonants as your first one. Stare, S-T-A-I-R, or S-T-A-R-E. Pick one of those. You're almost certainly going to get a letter correct, and then you just have to kind of work it out from there. So to me, once you've kind of figured that out, it's not that hard or interesting a game. I know you don't mean to, like, sound pretentious, but... It's just like when you when you see the I don't know what it is when you see the game and you're like, oh, this is how you win. And then you see a bunch of other people playing it and they're like, look, I won. It's like, yeah, (laughs) here's what you do. Another analogy that maybe you don't want to put this in or maybe you do that I'm thinking of is uh, so like I'm pretty good at drawing. Yeah. Right. And I've also had a lot of practice drawing and I enjoy drawing and I have, I don't know, experience when other people draw an eye and they get really excited about like, wow, look what I did. I'm like, yeah, it's not that if you, it's like, it's not that magical, but like, because it's not something that they do a lot or that they feel really confident in. It's, it's, it's something that I realize that I, I have, so, I'm going to sound pretentious now too. I have so much skill in this area and I have practiced it so much that I have forgotten what it is like for the average person to try to engage with this skill. Mm -hmm. And I think that might be where you are at when it comes to words and language. That could be it. Yeah. So, I mean, that's why this is a combined endorsement slash complaint. (laughs) (laughs) You know what they need is they need Wordle and then Wordle Advanced for someone like you. I mean, I immediately went and set the harder setting on it, which is once you've figured out a letter or a figured out a letter in its place, you have to use that in the next guess. Sure. So you can't guess. I'm just trying to think. Yeah, you, no, you can't I, know, guess, I, know, I know what you're saying. You can't guess one five-letter <clears throat> word and then immediately after guess a totally different sure. five-letter word with none of the same sure. letters. So if you guess the word stare and it tells you that the R is correct, the next word you say has to be like flower because the R has to be in the same place. Exactly, and if it has A but A is not in the right place. You have to use an A somewhere right, else. Right. So I immediately did that, and that makes it a little more interesting. But anyway. Well, pin a rose on your nose, Stephanie Tanner. Uh, learn your letter distributions, people. Come on. <laughs> anyway, that's my weird... <laughs> I don't know what the hell that was. That was that was a great little recommendation. Try Wordle. Slash. Try Wordle, but try it with this angle on it, and you will be a lot more successful. Now is the point in the show where we rate the episode. <clears throat> Kayleen, you pick the units this week. The, the units this week are missing circuit boards. Oh, nice. I like it. I like it. On a scale from one to five missing circuit boards, what would you give this episode? 3.7. Oh, very nice. Kind of right in the middle. Yeah, a little on that, because it made me laugh a few times. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm going to give it a 3.8. Hmm. I was going to give it a little bit higher, and then as we talked about it, I nudged it down a little bit, but I still think overall it's better than average. Mm-hmm. I also want to say for the record, I called it. I, I predicted at the end of season one that at some point there would be an episode where the station is going to get sold or maybe is going to be under threat. Mm-hmm. So pat myself on the back. Very nice. I don't as a as a sort of meta point, I don't know if this is what's happening with the show at this point in history, but I know this show was constantly in danger of being canceled. Sure. And so it feels very early in the series to have this kind of plot where, oh no, is the series going to end because the station gets sold? But mm. if you constantly think the series is going to end at any moment, then like why not throw out an episode like this? Sure. As opposed to, like, you know, several seasons down the line where we've become a lot more familiar with the characters and more entrenched. All right. For next time, we'll be talking about Season 2, Episode 12, entitled Bitch Session. Ooh, I like that. I love anything with a bitch.
I love a good bitch. I love a good bitch session. Sometimes I'm a bitch. This show likes the word bitch. Our podcast likes the word bitch? No, this news radio as a show likes the word bitch. Oh, okay. Yeah. Do you have any guesses about what will happen in the next episode? Bitch session? Girls versus boys. Bitchiness. Girls are going to get together. Beth, Lisa, and Catherine are going to get together and have a bitch session about the boys. And then the boys are going to be like, those bitches. (laughs) They're bitching. The bitches are bitching. I know. I've been watching a lot of Real Housewives in New York, so... Ah, that's where your head is at. I'm enjoying a good bitch session right now. Sure. That was a good prediction. So we will see you next episode. For WKJP News Radio, this is Jordan. And Kayleen. Signing off. The theme music for WKJP News Radio is the song You Say But You Don't Know by the band Troubles Afoot. You can check them out on Spotify, Bandcamp, Apple Music, or wherever you find new music. Special thanks to Uncle Keith for our use of equipment and technical support. If you have questions, comments, or suggestions, you can reach out to us at WKJPPod on Twitter or Instagram. You can also email us at WKJPPod at gmail.com. If you like our show, please rate and review it on Apple Podcasts to help us find other listeners like you. Thanks so much for listening.